All right. It's good to see you today. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and this is our Journey Through Scripture podcast. Um, We are uh, on our Tuesday edition, and we're going to be looking at a couple different places. Remember, we introduced the prophet Isaiah uh, on Thursday, so we're going to be looking at him and and kind of the time frame of what's going on. Remember, he is uh, speaking to the southern kingdom uh, of Israel. Um, So we're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Six, right? You want to read that? That's going to talk about King Uzziah, uh, which is uh, uh, the king whenever uh, Isaiah was called uh, to be a prophet. Uh, then we're going to be in 2 Kings 15 and 16, and then Isaiah 7 through uh, the first part of chapter 10. So Isaiah 7, 8, 9, and 10. All right. So first off, Starting off in Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Uh, remember, the uh, Chronicles um, would had a little bit different focus uh, than than Kings, and uh, so it, it focused a lot more on the the kings of, of Judah, um, and and wasn't always as uh, as critical, but 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 was still very accurate in what it was portraying. It just had a different focus and different purpose. But it talks about King uh, Uzziah, and uh, King Uzziah uh, reigned in Judah. Uh, there in uh, chapter 26, we actually talked about this in Second in Second Kings, and it talks about how Uzziah uh, died from leprosy, but it doesn't really get into exactly why that happened. And uh, here we have King Uzziah, um, a couple of, interesting things. Verse 5, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had an understanding uh, in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And so King Uzziah, things were going really well uh, for Ju- uh, for Judah, um, and it's because he was being faithful to God. He was seeking God, but he 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 didn't do it completely. We know that he didn't tear down uh, all of the um, places that people would go and worship other gods. Uh, but he was focused, for the most part, uh, during the beginning of his reign, was focused on God. Uh, it kind of talks about some of the uh, conquests and successes that he had. And then you get down to uh, verse 15. It says, And he made many devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men to be on the towers, corners, to shoot arrows at large stones. So he, his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. Uh, isn't that an interesting phrase? He was helped by God, like things were going well, until he became strong. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that uh, it's it's wrong for us to become strong and powerful? No, that's not what it means. It means that the tendency is whenever we do become strong and powerful that we start relying on our own strength rather than God. And that's what happened to Uzziah. And so it says, when he was strong, this is verse 16, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction For he transgressed against the Lord, uh, his God, by entering the temple uh, to burn incense on the altar of, of, uh, of incense. So Azariah, the priest, went in after him and, and, with 80 other priests, and they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, uh, to, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to bur- burn the inside incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord your God. 
Then Uzziah became furious. He had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead. uh, And he had leprosy till the time that he died. He became isolated after that. So what happened here? You may say, well, what's what's the problem? The the king just wanted to go and give a a sacrifice on and burn incense at the altar of incense. Um, Well, it was very clear. God had made distinctions on who were to perform those roles. And the priests were the ones that were called to do that, not the king. The king, there was a clear separation. Um, And that was very different than, you know, if you looked at other cultures of the day, like the the pharaoh of Egypt was uh, also uh, kind of deified, and he was the leader of the religion of the Egyptians. Uh, You you see that throughout uh, most of the other uh, nations or people groups. Whoever was the political leader was also the leader um, of uh, their religion. And so what's happening is King Uzziah, he has lots of power politically and is doing lots of good things, but that wasn't enough. He needed to be able to take control and take charge of the uh, priestly duties as well. And that is where he made a, a, a tragic mistake. And, uh, and this is where the time period when Isaiah begins prophesying. Remember, Isaiah is prophesying when things are going well, but they're starting to head in a wrong direction. And so Isaiah is preparing uh, the people for that. And of course, they are not listening to him. Uh, Chapter 15 of 2 Kings, this is kind of the second half of uh, chapter 15. It switches, uh, goes back to look at what's going on in Israel. Um, You have numerous kings. Things are just really unraveling now at this time in Israel. So you have uh, Zechariah who reigns in uh, in Israel for six months, and then he, he is killed by uh, Shalom. And then Shalom, uh, he, he becomes king uh, during the time of Uzziah. He reigned a full month. Uh, and then Manahem uh, went and, uh, and killed him. So then Manahem becomes, and he reigns actually 10 years, but he does evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, he actually is the one who started started um, uh, paying uh, uh, the, uh, the Assyrians um, and uh, trying to, to kind of um, work some political uh, dealings there. Um, then you have uh, Pekahiah, um, who becomes a king, and then he is uh, assassinated by Pekah, <laughs> um, uh, at verse 28, and uh, Pekah did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, he, he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam. Remember, Jeroboam is kind of where all this started. The Bible just keeps going back uh, to him. And he is the one who made a, uh, a kind of a, a pact um, uh, with with Syria, and then things fell apart, and this is when Assyria came and uh, basically wiped out the started wiping out the kingdom, uh, and then that leads to Hosea, um, who uh, was uh, led a conspiracy to kill Pekah and uh, and became uh, kind of a puppet king um, during the the time where Assyria had come in uh, to the the northern kingdom. 
So now that gets us, if you keep going, Second Kings switches back, uh, ver, uh, chapter 15 switches back to look at Judah. Uh, it talks about Jotham, that is uh, King Uzziah's uh, son. He becomes uh, king. Um, he, he was king for 16 years. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Uh, however, the high places were not removed. Those were kind of uh, sanctuaries to other gods, um, they, so they were not removed, and, uh, and that would uh, eventually cause problems. And then chapter 16 of Second Kings introduces us to Ahaz. Ahaz is the king where everything starts to fall apart for Judah. Um, and it, it says uh, he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord um, as his father David had done, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Um, it says, uh, uh, indeed, he made his son pass through the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places on the hills and under every green tree. So Ahaz completely starts to go against the things of God. And so this is where Isaiah has already been talking uh, and preparing uh, the people for when things are going to go bad. Now they've gone bad. And, and, uh, and so you have, uh, the Ahaz, um, is responding to the Northern kingdom who has made a pact with Syria. Um, and so he decides he's going to make a pact with Assyria rather than relying on God. So this brings us to Isaiah chapter seven. So Isaiah goes to King Ahaz during all this, uh, during this time and encourages him to put his faith in God, not Assyria. So, um, the verse three of chapter seven, it says, then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz, um, you and your son at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway, uh, take heed and be quiet. Do not uh, fear or be faint hearted for these two stubs of smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of resin in Syria and the son of Ramalia, because Syria and the son of Ramalia, um, because Ephraim and the son of Ramalia have plotted evil against you saying, let us go up against Judah and trouble it. Let us make a gap. Uh, in, in the wall for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tobal. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. So King Ahaz is worried that Syria and Israel are going to come and defeat them. Isaiah is specifically saying, God is saying that that will not happen. It's going to be okay. Um, God will be with you. What we find out is that Ahaz has already made a deal uh, with Assyria. Now, this brings us to, uh, you get to chapter 10, verse, uh, and then uh, you have, uh, it says in uh, verse 10, excuse me, uh, chapter 7, verse 10, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign from the Lord. Uh, ask it either in the depth or in the heights above. But Ahab says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. So he's being pious, but the reality is, is he's already made his decision. He's not going to trust the Lord. So he's trying to make it sound like he's, very holy and righteous, but in reality, he's already made his decision. And then it said, hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall, shall be called Emmanuel. All right, so this, and obviously in Matthew, we have that connected with Jesus. So it's looking forward, but it also is meaning something right here. Emmanuel means God 
with us. So what is Isaiah trying to convey to King Ahaz? That God will be with you. Put your trust in God, not in your political allegiance, and especially not to Assyria. Um, but that's what Ahaz would do. Ahaz actually um, made a, a pact and a, uh, with Assyria. And then chapter 8 talks about how Syria, Assyria will eventually take the land, um, and, and they uh, eventually will, will do that. Uh, uh, verse 11 says, For the Lord uh, spoke thus to me with a strong hand, instructed me that I should not walk in the way of his people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that the people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their fr- threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and they shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. So Isaiah is saying uh, is saying these things that he is going to still say this, even though people are saying it's a conspiracy. Oh, that's not really happening. Uh, he's calling out Ahaz, and he's going to get flack for it. Um, but he says, my fear is going to be in God alone, not in the political climate, not in the political leadership. I think there's there's lots of application uh, to to current times. Sometimes we think that our answer is going to be found in political leadership, and it doesn't matter which side of the political aisle you may be on. Many times we think that that's where the answer is going to lie. But no, we need to rely on God being with us, not on uh, whatever insert name of president um, that is going to to lead the country. Uh, what is most important is that we put our trust in a God who is present with us. Then you get into chapter nine and it's kind of more of this prophesying, talking about that you you, you better put your trust uh, in God. Um, it talks about a new government that will come. Uh, verse six says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right. So uh, again, Isaiah is speaking to a current situation that it it has meaning there, but it's also pointing to when God uh, will will enter into the world uh, as Jesus. Um, so you have both of those going on, and that that uh, Jesus will, in, in essence, take the role of of government, where where we give government a lot of power. Uh, we should be uh, rather. Rather than doing that, we should be relying on God for our protection, for our security, um, and putting our trust in Him. That doesn't mean we work to abolish government. There's lots of nuance uh, here, um, but God is above all of that, right? That uh, Jesus came, uh, and and in a very different way, in a spiritual way, He overcame and overrode government rule uh, as well, and so that everything falls under his authority, uh, even the most powerful governments. Uh, chapter uh, 9, uh, and then the first part of uh, 10, then start going on the punishment of Samaria. That's part of the northern kingdom, um, talking about what they have done and how they have partnered with Syria and uh, how they have turned their back on God and that they will, uh, that uh, well, verse 21, for all 
all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Um, and it says, woe to those who decry unrighteous decrees, who write misfortune, which they have prescribed. They rob the needy of justice and they take what is right from the poor. Um, so just all the things that they are continuing to do, they will receive judgment that God will hold them accountable. All right. So we're going to stop there for today. Um, on Thursday, um, Look at uh, uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 14, 2 Kings uh, 16, uh, and then we will look at the book of Micah as well. So, uh, so Isaiah 14, uh, and then the book of, of Micah, and I'm looking, yeah, and, and the, the book, of, book of Micah, uh, a little bit of 2 Kings. Kings 16, um, you know, as we're trying to keep everything in a chronological order. Um, but, but the book of Micah is the, is the long part that we'll go over on Thursday. All right. Look forward to seeing you there. See you on Thursday.